0: The message throughout the day is called paying attention to our faith. Why? Why? Some of you might ask, why should we pay attention to our faith? Because we live by faith. We walk by faith. We talk by, by faith. We love by faith. We give by faith. We forgive by faith. We're healed by faith. We're blessed by faith. We overcome by faith. We receive Jesus by faith, and we please God by faith. This is how we overcome, by our faith. So why is it so important to pay attention to my faith? Because this is how I overcome. It's the key to every victory. You can have a Bible in your hand and the devil can whip you with that Bible. And it could be a leather cover too. (laughs) Unless faith is activated in what's in the Bible, those words, those words don't become alive until faith activates those words. Now, I need to quote something here. Words are the greatest commodity that a human being can have, words. Why words? Because words bring faith. God's words are, is the greatest commodity mean you can have because those words bring me faith. Somebody say, bring me faith. Now, today's foundation scripture is Mark 11, verse 22. Mark eleven twenty two says, And Jesus answering and said unto them, Have faith in God. Ladies and gentlemen, these, this is the instruction of Jesus himself have faith in God this was not a suggestion it was a commandment from Jesus he's telling us I want you to have faith in my father what he literally said if you study it he said may I quote I want you to have faith in what my father has said to you So the greatest commodity that we can have are words from the Father. He said, I want you to have faith in the words that come from my Father to you. Because those words, faith is inside those words. And when you unlock those words, faith comes. Have faith in God. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment from God. Say amen if you can hear me. Amen. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. I'm going to share a scripture, then I'm going to go into a story. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, You are of God, little children... And have overcome them. Say them. Amen. You know, a few years ago, the Spirit of God stopped me. He said, Rick, I need you to study the word them. You need to study the word them. You are a God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. Now, The Word says that I overcome them. So I want to stop and look at the word them for a minute. The Word says that I overcome them. Who's telling me that I overcome them? The Word. This scripture right here, 1 John 4. 4. Okay, now I, I need you to listen to me. As a believer... Your life support are words from God. Literally, it's your oxygen. It's the wet in water. It's the slick in oil. It's the fuel in gasoline. You have no words, you have no life. You have no words, you have no faith. So words, having a word when I use the word word, I'm saying scriptures, a verse. Something you can stand on. Something that you can quote and say. Something that you can pull faith from and release your faith on. With, with no scriptures, no words concerning an area, that area will lie dormant. That area will be an open target for the enemy to buffet you and buffet you and buffet you day after day night after day until you get a word that faith will come and faith will release the power of God then you'll walk in victory in that area so when I read you a scripture today I'm telling you, this is a word. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I overcome by words. This one scripture right here, 1 John 4, 4 says, Rick, you are of me. Or you can say, Rick, you are of the word. And have overcome them. Now, who's them? Well, my them are different than your them. Your thems are different from my thems. What you're going through is way different than what I'm going through. Some of you might be here this morning, and your pockets could be filled with money, but you're sick. You could be here this morning, and you're so healthy, but you're not wealthy. You can be here this morning, you're wealthy and healthy, but your kids are a mess. See, your thems is different from my them, but regardless, for me to overcome my thems, I'm going to need me a word that's greater than them. This is how we fight. This is how, now, I don't use the word survive because that's like, you know, you know. Well, this is how we overcome. And may I add, in victory. Why do I feel like preaching in Spanish, man? I tell you that—that that Spanish is. I'm serious right now. Come on. Okay, them. Who are them?s Sickness, lack, fear, failure, depression. This is a really good word to apply to any them's in your life. You need to grab your them's. By the collar and bring them up and slide them up the wall and say, Listen here, Buckle. Listen here, them. I have news for you. This scripture tells me that what's inside of me is greater than you. Shut up, them. Shut up. Because that them is going to speak back. That them has a voice, it has a mouth, and even has piercing eyes. But until you get this scripture and it becomes revelation listen here, them the one inside of me okay now 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 I need to help you because of first because of John chapter 1 I can talk like this hey them Because if you read this scripture, it's saying that God inside me is greater than them. But because you have revelation of John chapter 1, you can talk like this. Hey, them, listen to me. That scripture I have inside of me uh, is greater than you. That word that's inside of me is greater than you. You wake up up the next morning, that scripture is right. I mean, that, that, that them is still in your house. You just come back to it and re say that scripture. And every time you speak that scripture, more faith comes. I mean, it's just like an open faucet. And the time's gonna come where you're so convinced that faith has convinced you, where you simply know, them, you're done. You're 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 simply dissolved here, and you walk away from it, and it's like, hey, hey, and you're like them. Read the palm, read the hand. That's how you know you have tapped into faith. We overcome because we have words. We have words. I want to share a story with you. In 2017, me and my wife were invited to come back to Venezuela and to preach faith. So we said, let's do it, let's go. But I realized that my passport, you know how passports last 10 years? I realized that my passport uh, was expired. So my wife said, well, we need to go to the council of Venezuela in San Francisco to reply for your passport. But in order to go to that nation you need two things, a passport and a visa. Well I had a visa already on my old passport. Because I've been going with Brother Copeland for the last nine years. Well we rode we, our motorcycle and Jesus rides motorcycle. We rode our motorcycle Man, to San Francisco, we got there. We went to the council, and um, we went inside and, and we applied for my new passport. And the ladies, the, the, we gave the lady, uh, you need to uh, um, what's, you, you need to give them your old passport, surrender. You need to surrender your old passport for them to give you a new passport. But remember, my, my good visa was on my old passport that was expired. So long story short, about three, about a couple weeks later, they sent back in the mail my new passport. Praise God, my new passport. But they left my visa on my old passport. So now I have two passports. But we knew, God said, go to Venezuela and preach faith. So long story short, the said, no, something don't seem right. Let me call the council. So she called the council of Venezuela in, in San Francisco, and they got on the phone. She said, hey, you know, we got a package in the mail, but we realized that uh, you didn't put the, the good visa on the new passport. It's still on the old passport. And the lady said, oh, you'll have no problem. Just tell them the USA said it's okay. So long story short, we pack our bags, I pack our visas, our passports, and there we go flying to Venezuela. We get to Venezuela. Now, if you've never been in a country like that, you're greeted difference. You're greeted by machine guns, machetes, officers everywhere. And it's hot and humid. Nothing's air-conditioned you're in a different country well we get off the aircraft and you make that long line to go to customs so we get in line for customs and guess who's in line with us them (laughs) immediately fear comes anxiety comes So we got to the front of the line of the customs. And, you know, I'm just like super cool, man. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, 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 like I'm really not paying attention. I, I, I give them my two passports, like I'm checking out my watch, and trying to like them get them off track. Right. You know, I'm trying every, you know, I'm acting like Pastor Mark, just, just or trying to be cool. Well, we give them my two passports. Nettie gives them her passport. And there's a silence. And the guy in the custom disappears. He leaves. He leaves us standing there. I look at Nettie. Nettie looks at me, and I say, girl, you look good. What else are you going to say, right? You got to be cool. He comes back with his senior officer. All in Spanish, you know. And he looked at me and he laughed. He giggled. And in Spanish, he said, "Uh, Mr. Reyna, is is this you? I said, yes. Miss Reyna, is this you? Yes. Then he had the audacity to say this. He said, she can come in, but you cannot. (laughs) Uh, Them has a voice. (laughs) And he said... We can't allow you to come into our country. Your visa's on your old passport, and it's to be on your new passport. Then I said, well, we knew that. And we called the Council of Venezuela in America. I'm like, Mr. American now, you know? know? And he looked at me, he said, aquí no vale. In Spanish, he goes, this don't work here. He goes, I don't know what America told you, but you're in Venezuela. (laughs) He says, you cannot enter our country. And he was serious now. He wasn't giggling. I mean, I'm thinking, every thought that you're thinking, I'm thinking. I'm not leaving Venezuela without Nettie. And she's not going in there without me. And I'm not going to go back Now, you have to understand, only one flight enters Venezuela a day and one flight exits per day. They want me to stay in the airport for 24 hours sitting in that waiting room, waiting for the next plane out while Nettie's vacationing in Venezuela. (laughs) Here we are in a predicament, in a situation And I look at Nettie and I said girl we have a word and this word said for us to come preach the gospel of faith in Venezuela and I'm talking to her her now I said Nettie we have no fear God said for us to come we have a word and nothing is going to change what we know See, you have to understand, you don't show up in a country like that without fasting and praying and and revising yourself, um, informing yourself of what God said to you. You don't go to a country like that just unprepared. We knew we had a word. We had faith to be there. And the man got, just got more serious. And I'm talking to Nettie now. I said, I refuse to fear. I believe God has called us. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to preach to these literally thousands of people that were coming in the next three days. I wish I could have had pictures, an arena filled with people because we're preaching faith. And I said, the greater ones on the inside of me I have a word and I have spent time meditating on this word and I have faith that I belong here to preach faith. See, you can't talk like that if you have not been meditating on words. You have no faith, you're in fear. Only the faith speak boldly. Only the ones with faith speak like a boat is alive. And I, I, was, I was bold as a lion. Yeah. And it got quiet now. And they're looking at each other now, the, the custom guy and his supervisor. And the supervisor said, I'll be right back in Spanish. And when he left, we just turned up the praise. I mean, we turned up the praise. Because the greater one was greater than this situation. He comes back, and this is what he said. He goes in Spanish. He says, are you the same guy that's been coming here for the last nine years with Kenneth Copeland? Because, see, every year I fly with Brother Copeland to preach in Venezuela. I said, yes, yes, sir. He said, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> see, but the greater one... When he went to the back, the greater one went to the back with him. And the greater one has a voice. So, somehow, some way, when he somehow, some way in the back, someone must have said, hey, this is the guy. We, this is the same picture that comes every year. He's a part of Ken Copeland's ministry. We got to let him in. He came back with a different attitude. You ever been to a foreign country and when they pa- stamp your passport, how does that sound? K- 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 he stamped both of mine. Yes. Long story short, we went into Venezuela and we preached. God healed, God delivered, faith came. We have videos of people receiving their sights. We have videos of teenagers who received the gift of speaking fluently, may I add, English. They receive fluently the gift of speaking English. Because we preach faith and faith came today in this house your breakthrough has showed up. Those words in the midst of a storm because I premeditated them. I had faith on the inside of me. So when it was time to speak them, I believed them. I don't want to go too fast here, but when the, when, when, The attacker comes. It's not time to look for a scripture. That's why it's so important to have a pastor. So important to be in church. So important uh, uh, to listen to faith preachers. Because when the rubber meets the road, you're going to have to say something to them. And it better be greater than them, because if not... Because if it's not, you'll be like the seven sons of Sceva and be whipped naked. So you never want to show up unprepared. Say amen. Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Uh, Tech team, you got to keep me on the time. You know. Glory to God. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh. Go like this. Go like this. Cometh. Come on. It cometh. Faith cometh. When you go to a restaurant and you order a meal and you sit down, you're expecting your food to cometh. (laughs) And may I add, when the food don't cometh, you get What? Like, your stomach's growling. You were in love. You were nice to your wife. You were happy. Because the food took longer, this is the type of attitude we need to have. We need to have an attitude, when I get in the Word, faith's going to come to me. And when faith cometh, all things become possible. A lot of people read the word, they don't expect faith to come. Now, 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 you need to listen. Now, now, for each his own, for each his own, but for me personally, I don't read the word to get fed. I read the word so faith can come. Huh? I read the word so faith can come. See, a lot of people just read the Word to say they read the Word so they can tell somebody, I was in the Word. Ain't going to help you. You You need to read so faith can come. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So faith cometh by hearing. Now, be watchful. Faith will only come if you listen to a preacher who preaches faith. It doesn't come, but it's just by hearing. You can hear all the preachers you want, but if they're not preaching faith, something else is going to come. Something else will show up. And when you use what came, it's not going to be greater than them. Remember the story of Lazarus? Lazarus, the Bible said, was dead four days in the tomb. And I studied where he was buried in Bethany, and it literally said that his tomb was just off the road, one of the main roads in Bethany. And the Spirit of God said, Rick, for four days, hundreds of people walked by his tomb, and they were talking. But no one one said nothing, that had the power to release him to the wow. tomb until Jesus showed up. Wow. Jesus had the word that had the power that set Lazarus free. Three words, Lazarus, come forth. See, you, you have to be in a position that you have a word that's greater than them. Hundreds of people walked by Lazarus, and none of them had words that, were, that was greater than Lazarus' situation. But Jesus did. So me and you don't want to show up in Venezuela without words. (laughs) On purpose. Somebody say on on purpose. On purpose we need to keep hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You know, my daily diet, you know, on purpose, I'm listening to, you know, faith preachers. You know. I turn my wife on. I say, girl, preach to me. You know? I'll hear my pastor preach. You know, I'll go online, listen to preachers that are preaching faith because that's what's going to cause me to overcome. On purpose. Say "On on purpose. On purpose. This is my daily diet. I'm in the Word. I'm listening to worship. Man, Holy Ghost, why are you doing that to me? Even our worship better have faith. Don't you be listening to worship that comes out of experience. Oh, uh, God let the devil beat me to teach me a lesson. Oh, so I'm praising him. That's not the word. There's no faith in that. Okay, devil, beat me. Beat me so faith can come. No, 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 no. Even our worship needs to have faith. On purpose, say on purpose. On purpose, we need to listen to words Messages, music. I'll go one more step. Make sure your church is preaching faith. Pastors, ministers, make sure you're preaching faith. Messages that carry faith in it. Let me share this with you. We need to pay attention, though. I'm a stickler of writing everything down God says to me. For instance, we were in prayer this morning and Pastor Carlos, the spirit of God came up and a word came out of his spirit. Immediately, me and my wife just shuffled. I said, I got to write this down because it was a word that brought me faith. Immediately, we felt the room just... So I I have to write it down. My wife, she she noted it. So you got to be a stickler to write down everything God tells you why. Because if you don't, you'll forget it. You'll forget it and you'll never remember. So that word that carried that faith is like a sailboat just sailing away from you. And that could have been the greatest breakthrough you were believing God for. But because you didn't take God serious. You didn't write it down. The reason why I write it down and I note it because I always go back to it. And every time I go back to it, more faith comes. If God had enough time to say something to me, I should have enough time to write it down. Now, my iPad and my phone are connected together. I probably have over a thousand different words that God has said to me. Oh, and I, and, I, and I check the ones off that have come. And the ones that haven't manifest yet, it's okay. I'm going to keep reading, keep building my faith. Yeah, right. yeah. Just keep reading them. You know, my wife goes to Walmart. I drop her off. I go park the car. And I'm so tempted just to go on Instagram, just to go on Facebook. But I say to myself, I can up my faith in, in up my faith and receive up I know there's balance you know there's time for faith but I'm not but I have the opportunity so what I'll do I'll I'll open up my notes and I'll go back to the words that he's been giving me and sometimes I'll like I'll scroll all the way up and go go the words like way over here and on purpose I'll type something so it goes to the top again because I said man I'm still believing God for this word. Like we've been believing God. Now listen, our ministry we are believing God for an RV to carry our team, uh, to pull our trailers. Well, it's been 10 years. And we have sown, I've sown an RV. Somebody came up to me one time and gave me $5,000. He said, this is for your RV. I went to a meeting. When I got to the meeting, there was a pastor there. He announced that he was just starting a brand new church in Houston. Spirit of God said, there's your, there's your ground. So I, I took the offering that was for my RV. I sold it. I said, this, this offering is going to get me our, our RV. So, so I have the picture of the RV. I have the date and the time, and I have a scripture. So every time I read it, oh, faith is just alive. I refresh my faith. That's why I write them down. I write everything down. I don't care what time it is, where I'm at. Even when you go to the restroom, you're on your phone. You might as well, if you're on the throne, you might as well build your faith. <laughs> I'm going to share another story. Ricky, I apologize, and I really couldn't see your sign. The lights are, So you, I don't know, how many more? All right, what well, time for one more story. A lot of people ask me, how in the world did you get Kenneth Copeland to be in your movies? People ask me that all the time. Especially, you know, we have a, our bookstore or whatever. People grab the video and they go, Kenneth Copeland, how did you get him to be in your movie? I had a word. How many know you can't pick up the phone And call Brother Copeland and say, "Brother Copeland, thus saith the Lord." (laughs) God said for you to be in my movie. How many know that don't work? You better have a word. Well, in 2009, in January, me and my exactly where my wife is seated, I was standing next to her. We were doing it was during worship during a lift service, and at that moment we were casting. Our first movie, The Rally. And we were still looking for the main character, the godfather, uh, Sharka Sr. And we were, we were, you know, thinking of James Almos, Danny Trio. We were looking at different actors. And everyone else was cast except the main actor. As worship was going, the Spirit of the Lord whispered to me He said, I know who's going to play Sharka Sr. in The Rally 1. And I said, who, Holy Spirit? This is true story. He said, Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, at that moment, I didn't know him, never met him. But everything now was not important because I had a word. Every barrier, every, every, every them became nothing because I had a word. So I turned around during worship. I said, Nettie, I know who's going to play Sharka in the rally movie. She said, who? I said, Kenneth Copeland. She went, okay. Yeah. And she kept on worshiping. Yeah. Right. Well, long story short, the, the next day, we were leaving to Texas to the minister's conference that he puts on every year. And it was 2009. And when we got to the minister's conference, his grandson Jeremy, who I met, during service, he texts me. He goes, how would you and Nettie like to go to lunch with me after service? I replied, I said, yes, sir. He says, after service, the morning session, meet me in the, by the front altar and we'll go to lunch. And I said, hey, let's do it. So we meet him at the altar. Now, you know, Kenneth Copeland's church, EMIC, there, there's, there's a door over there just like this. And I thought we were going to meet Jeremy, maybe walk out the back door, get in his car, go eat Whataburger or something, you know? <laughs> he said, follow me. So we walk to that door. And behind that door is the speaker's door, the speaker's room, where Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Savelle, Keith Moore, Billy Brim, Jesse Duplantis, Creflo, I mean, they're all back there. And I just, (laughs) I just followed him. Well, when we got behind the first door, there's a long hallway and there's another door. And Jeremy's just going straight towards that door. We're just following him. Come on, Eddie. We're just following him. I'm thinking, well, maybe his car is back here, you know. And when we got to the back door, the door opened. It swung over, and Kenneth Copeland walks out. Oh, naturally, Jeremy stops, and he reaches and gives his grandpa a hug. Then he stops, and he looks at me and Eddie, Jeremy did. And Jeremy said, Papa, these are my friends, Rick and Eddie Rayner from California. And Kenneth Copeland looked at us, and he said, And I heard you're making a movie. And I'm thinking, I didn't send no email text. I don't know how he found out we're making a movie. But how many know that the greater one has a voice? And listen, I didn't tell Jeremy nothing that I had a word. That word was on the inside of me. And how many know I meditated on that word all the way to Fort Worth, Texas. And faith came in the air. And after Brother Copeland said, I heard you're making a movie, these words came out of my mouth. I said, yes, sir, and you're supposed to be in it. And I said, oh, my God, what did I say? And he looked at me, and he said, I'll pray about it. I said, yes. sir." Well, there was another door to his right, and I, and I believe that door led where they fed the speaker's lunch. He leaves, and Jeremy just looks at me and shakes his head, like, you okay? I'm, like, shaking now. Get all weak, you know. The Anointing's all over you. Nettie's on the floor, and, and her hair's all messed up. And I'm looking for something to cover her with, you know. Shh. Pick her up, she falls again. So long story short, Jeremy said, let's go to lunch. I thought he was going to go out that door to go in his car. He walked into that door where the speakers were having lunch. He was taking us to lunch in the speaker's room. So he walked into the speaker's room, and here's all these generals. Nettie falls again. Man, I'm telling you. Well, we walked into this room. We sat with Jeremy and his dad, Pastor George, and his mom, Pastor Terry. And we're sitting there, man. I'm just like, whoa, holy ghost. I mean, what Brother Copeland just said, picking up Nettie off the ground, (laughs) sitting with Pastor George. And out of my left eye, I seen uh, like a shadow walking toward me. You know how sometimes you can see people? And he tapped me on the shoulders. Brother Copeland, he looked at me, said, he said, how fast can you get the script to me? I said, I can email it to you right now. He goes, well, send it to me. And he walked away. Then they brought the food. Then they brought the food. Do you think I ate? I fasted for the next two days. During the meal, he comes back and taps me on the shoulder. He says, how fast can you get me that script? I said, sir, we already emailed it. He goes, okay. Long story short, uh, we got the script, we printed it, I gave it to Jeremy, uh, that was like Wednesday now, the conference is over on Thursday, Or on Thursday we went to lunch with Jeremy, me and Pastor Frank and Mercy, my wife, we went to lunch to uh, Saltgrass, and while during lunch, Jeremy phone's ringing, he's going, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, when you get three uh-huhs, good, <laughs> and um, He hangs up the phone. He goes, Rick, that was my papa, Brother Copeland." I said, yes. He said, for me to tell you that the Spirit of God said to him for him to be in your mood. Now, the reason why that happened is because I had a word. That word brought faith. I mixed faith with that word, and then manifestation came. Let me give you one two-minute story, and I'm done. In the same year, 2009, after that happened, the Spirit of God said to me, well, I found out that Brother Copeland was going to uh, Venezuela for the first time to preach in the Latin nations. The Spirit of God said, put it on your calendar. I said, well, he hasn't asked me to go. He goes, put it on, put it on. So I put it on my calendar. I had a word from God that I was going to Venezuela. Long story short, now, we're all the way in, Octu- in August now, and he's going in September. We were, we were at the Southwest Believers Convention, and during the convention, well, after the convention finished, one of his daughter, Kelly Copeland, has a son named Max. One, Max's sister texts me and Nettie and said, hey, we're having a birthday party for my son, Max. Would you and Nettie like to come? I said, sure, we're not busy. I mean, no, you're not busy when they call. So, long story short, that night we went to dinner to celebrate Max's birthday. We walk into this restaurant, guess who's there? Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. Now, I have this word inside me that all I know in September, I'm getting in his airplane and I'm going with him to Venezuela to preach. That's all I know, because I had a word from God. Long story short, we have dinner, and after dinner, everybody gets up to go home. Well, you know, I I could see him from the corner of my eye. I'm letting him pass, because you don't want to walk in front of him. I'm just letting him be, minding my own business. Well, I have to leave my table. It's time to go home. So I, I turn around, and boom, there he is. I run into him. And he puts his finger in my chest, and he said, Rick Reina, what is God saying to you? And I said, he's telling me that I'm supposed to go with you to Venezuela. Yeah. He said, I knew I should have asked you. He said, follow me. <laughs> so he walks out of the restaurant. Now, you have to understand, all the security's there. Barry Tubbs is there. John Copeland's there. He goes, follow me. And I'm thinking, I don't want to follow him because everybody would think that I asked him to go outside. I don't, you know, I'm thinking, you know, them started to speak to me. So long story short, I, I just followed him. We get outside, and he goes like this. He goes, Rick, God told me in January that you're supposed to go with me. And I disobeyed God. Right there and then, John Copeland, his son, walks out. He goes, Dad, you okay? And I'm like, Bro. I wanted to defend myself. I wanted to say, he asked me to come out. I didn't ask him to come out. Just then, Barry Tubbs walks out. That's his right-hand man. He goes, Kenneth, you okay? And just then, Gloria walks out. I am not kidding you. And they're all looking at me. I'm like, hey, I had nothing to do with this. Don't blame me. Blame the greater one on the inside of me. And Kenneth said, "Barry, Gloria, God told me to take Rick to Venezuela with me, and I didn't do it." And Gloria goes, "Well, you know," she goes, "Well, it's a little late now, Kenneth. You're going in two weeks." (laughs) And Kenneth looks at Barry. "Make it happen, Barry." Well, I get home from Texas, my phone rings, and it's Barry Tub saying, "Do you have a passport?" Well, yeah. He goes, "Well, you're going to Venezuela with Brother Copeland." Long story short, two weeks later. I'm in his airplane. Sitting in the back by myself, and he's flying the airplane. And I'm drinking coffee. And I'm looking out the window, and I lift up my finger like that, you know. And I said, no, the Spirit of God said to me, he said, do you know how you got in this aircraft? He says, because you believe what I said to you. And faith came when you mix faith with what God is saying to you all doors all windows are open to us come on if you believe this stand to your feet and give God praise hallelujah